Welcome to Niggas Eatin', a tastefully offensive podcast with your hosts, Rory and Timmy Ominous. Mm. What's up, Rory? How uh, you doing? <laughs> Listen, I don't know how I'm doing. All right. I don't know how I'm doing. Is the Rona quarantine getting to you? I think so. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm beat. It's an endurance test. Did you say you're B? I'm beat. beat. Cool. Yeah. Beat like the Russian root. Gotcha. Beets are Russian? I thought potatoes. Vodka. That's I'm Ireland. Borscht. I'm, vodka is, is potato. Vodka is, is Russian and Eastern European, Soviet Union, whatever you want to do, Bolshevik. But it's potato juice. Yeah, it's potato. Right. Cum. So vodka is potatoes, not beets. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know beets were Russian. Beets, I mean, it's a staple of most Russian cuisine and stuff. Uh, yeah, borscht. Uh, borscht. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, Maybe I'm not as good the people of Lithuania, the people of Yugoslavia, they're all going to tell you they have that the beets are right. But like in, in reality, or at one point, Russia took over all of those regions. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. So we're all out of sorts mm-hmm. in this year of our corona. This year of our Lord coronavirus. Uh, interesting how we finally made it through April and now we're on to May where I'm pretty sure at this point time is speeding up just a little bit because the beginning of the year pre-corona January felt like fucking forever with Mm -hmm. the imminent World War Mm III against Iran coming to a head with coronavirus over there in Wuhan somewhere in China Um, your experience is not universal a bunch of people died uh, the award season. Remember when Parasite won Best Picture and was like, oh my god, Asian Renaissance, we finally did it! People are equal in Hollywood! I remember Parasite winning. I don't remember that discourse. <laughs> I remember I remember the discourse was uh, Bong Joon-ho said that this local, pathetic, you know, little award ceremony is nice, I guess, and uh, Americans are really stupid. Um, but I don't remember everybody was like Asian rights. And you like, know what I remember? Matters. I remember Did you say Asian rice? rights. Rights. Right. Racist. <laughs> Asian rights. Sure. Um, the thing I honestly remember the most about Parasite and its uh, cultural phenomenon was going with you guys to the theater in Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> and then you know it being sold out. And then you guys invited me again a couple weeks later, and then Temi and I both bailing, and now all I can think about is all the times that I bailed on shit before, <laughs> and where I am now. Yeah. Like, so really, we're just all in a existential thread of loop of regret. Yeah. I don't regret not going out or whatever more before coronavirus. I'm just really disappointed that on May 22nd, nope. On March 22nd, there was going to be a screening of Larry Clark's Passing Through, which is one of the rarest films, L.A. Rebellion, about um, jazz. And I've been looking for this film for like 15 years. Like, I've been dying to see this film. And I'm lying because I was 15, 15 years ago. But for a very long time, I've been looking for this film. And to see it on the big screen in celluloid, I was just so excited to see it. And that Monday, the city closed down and the event was canceled. And mm. I'm never going to see that fucking movie. And that's what I hate the most. 
Yep. It's true. Obviously, really thankful for life. Never because, are going to you know, see it. You know, like in baseball games, when people are like, "Oh, we got to the seventh inning, and then the game was rained out." Seventh like, inning stretch. I feel like we got to two months in, and then twenty twenty is just so far been rained out. Like it's the game's over. There's nothing to do. Well, people. I mean, they're going to open the states, and opening the states is. I don't know if it's going to be considered extending wave one or exacerbating, and you know making wave two hit a lot sooner but it's not going to be pretty all i can say is like joseph heller's catch 22 was unimaginative and boring compared to the current situation that we find ourselves in i didn't have to read that and i probably will never read catch 22 oh you went to school in the south that's right oh yeah the book was probably banned (laughs) (laughs) the south was like oh predicaments no Uh, well actually we did read to kill a mockingbird which i was from whose in perspective? Retrospect. What do you mean? <laughs> like, was it sounds like, so when we look at Boo Radley, we see what's wrong with America. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just, with the, well, I mean, because, you know, the South just like bans every single book that yeah. deals with race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that we read, we also watched Roots, like the OG Alex Haley with, um, who's that wife murderer with the glove? OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson is in Roots, yeah. OJ's in Roots? OJ's in Roots, yeah. Holy shit. And they have a scene of him running in a field because he's football, I guess. He's a running back. Yeah. So big news on my end. I finally finished Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah! Thank you, thank you. Thank finally you. a podcast I can contribute some fucking critique to. Not all heroes <laughs> and I'm going to shut capes. up because I don't know. Not all heroes wear capes. It, no, it's just going to be quick. I no, started Star Trek not. in February just thinking I want to watch uh, one of the series. Question. Yeah. When you say Star Trek, do you mean the original? The with- next generation. Okay, well, when you say Star Trek no, in the no, next generation, I don't, I don't know Gene anything. Roddenberry, round two, Patrick Stewart, next generation. So right. not Captain Kirk. Right. I'm Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is not in Star Trek. What's his name? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Swayze is the guy. No, 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 no. I'm Captain Kirk. Oh. uh, James T. Kirk. Whatever you're doing, it's like... Some of it is the... Orbit. It's the dude from... Not Orbit, but... uh, Orville? The Travelocity, the whatever, the Expedia. William Shatner. So you weren't watching William Shatner. You were watching Charles Xavier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is the Star Trek from the 80s. It was the second series. Gene Roddenberry was still alive and actually started this one. And it's arguably the most iconic one. We'll take questions after. Gene um, Roddenberry is a creator? Roddenberry. Roddenberry. Yeah. Director, is a creator. Director, producer, yeah. yeah. Okay. Executive producer. So I finally finished that. It took two and a half months. And I felt this strange withdrawal of having a very consistent... Uh, show to watch while working from home. Um, so I decided to hunt down all the movies, all the Star Trek Next Generation movies that span from Stewart. 94 yeah. to 2002 yep. that had a number of a- answering questions after I'm done. Oh, I have a but statement. Thank you for thank you for at least yeah. raising your hand. I, I really, in fact, can I just get a high five? All right, I'm all right, all right. Don't milk it, don't milk it. You got the man out here being decent. All right, so um, all of the Star Trek movies hit, even Nemesis. And, well, Nemesis and, hits because of Channing Tatum. I saw that body boy. Yeah. Channing Tatum is not in Star Trek. Uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Even though Star Trek Insurrection from 1998 is boring. Redneck Channing Tatum, Tom Hardy. <laughs> is 
bulky like fit white guys formerly strippers like Channing Tatum is like I do a lot of protein shakes and and Tom Hardy's like I eat hunger man's every Wednesday no he smokes Marlboro's no Parliament's and Newport's when he's with his black friends don't do that (laughs) don't do that Tom Hardy doesn't have any black friends yo check his MySpace 2009 he has one black friend Yo, check my math. Those on that. those Do the those search. MySpace photos, and I don't know if it's Channing Tatum or Tom Hardy. What? Those it's, are it's iconic. It's Tom Hardy. Gay, soft, it's Tom Hardy. He's in his fucking. Porn. He's in fucking whitey tidies. Tom Hardy with his on the face. mirror. That is iconic. Soft I'm not even gay. gay the fact that, that both of you just know this, yeah, like, it's I, I, like I don't. Well, I know because I'm gay. He knows it because it's internet culture. It's yeah, fucking yeah, And you don't know it because you're an old straight man, right? Who has no idea what Twitter is? Anyways. Okay, so back to 1998. Star- yeah, Star Trek. Insurrection was the most boring Star Trek. But was it still exciting? Was it just boring, period? It or was, was it boring. boring for the rest of the movies? It was just boring. It was boring. The only thing it did was add to the lore of Data being yeah. more human than all humans. Which, by the way... I Isn't already- that Hell 9000 or whatever? I already spoke to Jarrell. No, he's an android. He's not a computer. No, but I'm saying, isn't HAL 9000 more human than the humans? Isn't that like the thing in like AI type of movies? So the theory that behind what he's talking about and what you're talking about is that this like strive to be human as like their base programming, the strive to constantly trying to achieve humanity is because actually a conscious human. movement towards like consciousness greater than the capacity that humanity currently shows and exhibits towards a strive for self-awareness and consciousness. So by having that as your base programming and becoming the idea is I want to be as human as possible, you're actually achieving humanity to an extent that humans currently haven't achieved. <gasps> All right. Watch a lot of Star Trek. Drop on a clues bombs for Jarrell. So I enjoyed it, and now it's over. I also watched the Picard series. Yeah, that's over. That was interesting. You watched the Picard. See, now that's the one thing you've done in Star Trek that I haven't done. I haven't gotten a chance. You got CBS All Access? CBS All Access. Hit me. Uh, You can do the free month trial. So, yeah, you went through Next Generation. Guinan, iconic, amazing. Mm -hmm. Guinan, who's Guinan? Guinan is Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg. It's Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg. I'm a slave. Guinan is them just writing in, like, let's not forget that just because it's 2400 that black people were ever treated poorly. But that segues into... Uh, and I think you should next, I've already talked to you outside of this, uh, when we went biking the other day around watching, uh, D space nine, because the interesting thing about star Trek is it's a, a platform where the writing is consistently based on the setting con- on constantly changing. They're in a ship that's traveling through space. So there's always going to be an outside environment that like instigates the setting in the story. Right. And so D space nine is always at the station that is D space nine. Um, uh, and is run by a black man. The only captain in the Star Trek like canon that is a black man is Captain fucking Benjamin Sisko. Originally, Lieutenant Commander, Commander Sisko. Um, Played it, by... Ah, fuck, I forget his name, to be okay. honest. Um, but LeVar Burton's in Star Trek. Yeah, LeVar Burton is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And in Roots. That's the connection that you're making. I see. Yeah, But um, but one of the things that's that's interesting is... And I, I, I've talked to my sister about this super high, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Is there's the the in the Star Trek series, no matter what, there's always this idea of the hologram, the uh, the hologram rooms, right? Like the the holographic 
the chamber you can go into and then it'll change the surrounding to whatever fantasy you yeah, want. Yeah, the holodeck. Right? The holodeck, yeah. yeah. Um, I just didn't want to say holodeck and assume that listeners like, yes, yeah, a uh, programmable yeah. room with holographic Here's where cameras. everyone turned uh, the podcast up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really, Gennaro. Yeah. Again, it, Gennaro, <laughs> thank you for always shouts being out. there and listening. Hey, so, shouts out. But um, one of the things I really want to say. Avery quick, Brooks played yeah. Captain Sisko yeah. from American History X. Yes, that's what he's in. And Roots, The Gift, in yeah. 1988. That's how he got plugged. Whoopee. And Uncle Tom's Cabin in 1987. Yeah. No, and this fits in perfectly. And Walking with Dinosaurs in 1999. <laughs> I remember Walking with Dinosaurs. Now that is a movie that I could talk about. His whole thing is he refuses to go in uh, holodecks. The captain, Captain Cisco, and he like yells at it, like his constituents and his girlfriend at the time. He's like, "I don't want to go in a fucking holodeck." And and the thing is that every time people, he's like, every time people from the Star Trek universe, but he means white people, go into holodecks, they live out some fantasy in time, some time they've traveled back in the ages, and they play out some character. But when I go into a holodeck, I'm still a black man, and I don't go into a holodeck and pretend like the past wasn't a racist shithole that it was. Mm. So I don't fucking believe in going in and pretending and and going mm. into the holodeck. And it's like a brief ten minutes of Star Trek where shit gets real as fuck. But they, it's like they they continue the canon of Whoopi Goldberg being like this brief moment of like black people have suffered in this country. Let's not forget that twenty four hundred doesn't mean shit. Right. And like I loved that about Benjamin Cisco is like that was such a thing that I was sitting there like I'd until that point I'd been like, Holodecks are fucking sick. I wish I had one. And then I was like, Yeah, you know what? Fuck that. Right. Black people can't travel in time. Escapism for people yeah. who've been traumatized already. Yeah, it's it was it was really actually escapism. fucking whoa. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm going to eventually continue on the path and watch Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and I will watch Enterprise. Enterprise is Whoa. Captain Picard. Nope, Captain Kirk. No. Enterprise, Enterprise is was a bullshit. show from 2001 Enterprise to 2005. Is the, yo, it, Enterprise it was, is the MAGA of Star Trek. It, it was influenced by... 9-11 in terms of how they and, and it was sh- and referencing it, episode six of our podcast and how last week's episode 9-11 last episode yeah our yeah, last, last deep dive and how 9-11 yeah. affects media literally it yeah. literally is like if you could put the iraq war as a star trek like theme series for seven or they, i think they only made it like four seasons but yeah it is it is garbage it's the only intro song that has lyrics and the lyrics sound like they were written by a dude in his pickup truck toby in parking lot. yeah we'll put the food we'll put a boot in their ass get off my lawn exactly so um but in this situation the lawn is the greater expanse of space so after watching all of what like 140 plus star trek episodes and four movies and a offshoot show i felt a withdrawal from the show i was watching and i realized that that's only we're only capable of feeling a withdrawal from a show from a serialized you know piece of content now in this time yeah in in, in terms of quarantine or in terms of like netflix streaming in terms of streaming okay and and viewing on demand where you can especially if a if a show a story arc is finished is Mm -hmm. complete and you can just watch it in one go at your own pace then you can make the connections between the stories more easily, you know. I was thinking about it constantly as I was watching this. 
that if I was watching this from 1987 to 1994, I wouldn't have made it because I'd have to remember every week and the and and between weeks where between there's the holidays seasons. and then between seasons. Yeah. And but I want to challenge that. I want to say like I think that our capacity for even having like certain like the amount of stimulus we're receiving today compared to what you were receiving in 1994, like it's all scaled relatively. Like mm. these. These algorithms, the shows, like the streaming platforms and the ability to binge is all, is a response to the fact that they have to re- respond to the fact that you have so much like stimulus coming from other platforms. And like in 1994, you wouldn't have had that. You would have had a fucking book, probably like the Goosebumps or some shit. You look like a Goosebumps kid. And like... I had a few Goosebumps <laughs> books. Yeah. And you, and you have that and then you go to school and you're your parents and you're Pokemon. looking... Pokemon. You're looking forward to... The Going next. to the mall. Yeah. But, you're, but more than anything, you're looking forward to the next installment. So you're actively keeping at the forefront of your mind because you're like, I need to know what happens with fucking Captain Picard and, and shit. You know? Well, what was the point that you were going to finish before I jump in? It's just interesting that you can finally get invested in something, you know, and then when it's over, there's this... I at least had a question of what do I do now? Because now I desire more of this that I've become accustomed to. Right. And even trying to replace it with something adjacent to it in the same world is it doesn't satisfy that same itch now because, you know, Deep Space Nine, I know I don't want to do quite yet because I need to start it over. And I was maybe 15 episodes into the first season. Um, And Star Trek Voyager, which I've watched one or two episodes of, I'm not totally invested in yet because I know that Deep Space Nine kind of connects both Next Generation and Voyager together. So this feeling... In the, uh, in the loosest sense. It, of yeah. course, in the loosest sense. But still, in terms of like completing all of this stuff, I feel that I should watch but them in the me, order that they came out. Timmy, be comfortable with change. It's okay. Just just enter the new stimulus. I think that's my point, though. Yeah. I am not comfortable with it because I'm so aware of it. Yeah. But I think it's also because I remember like a lot of people. I mean, I know it was a meme um, like maybe three or four years ago when it's like, oh, I just finished watching, I just finished binging this Netflix film or this Netflix TV show. And, you know, it's the ugly face and the black TV screen. Like, what do I do now? Like now Mm. I'm faced with this existential crisis of like, what, what's next? You know, I spent 10 hours on season one or I spent, you know, a hundred hours on, you know, the whole whole series, the whole series that has like 10, whatever seasons. Um, and it's an experience that I think I felt once. I can't remember what show it was because um, I forget media very quickly. But um, that is interesting how that happens for certain people, for certain films, or for certain TV shows. Because like, we are, had already forgotten about Game of Thrones by the time <laughs> the next Sunday rolled around. Yep. We were just like, where do we go from here? Somewhere better. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's just, like... Just literally any direction is Right, let's watch right Watchmen. Now. Because it's fucking Game that of Thrones. Like, that was like six months later. Was it really? Yeah. So that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Euphoria really? was in the middle of that. Oh, I didn't watch Euphoria. There was something There else. was anything else. Yeah. There was watching paint dry was better than Game of Thrones. 
but but it just I it just goes to a point that I think it was doubly so for the fact that it was watching that show during my work hours was part of my routine routine for the yeah. past two yeah, and a yeah, half yeah. months and in the drastic shift of day to day operations between February and now where you were out of quarantine having the freedom to move around yeah. to this was the only kind of escape while inside my house was a very jarring thing. But yeah, um, no, it's, it's great brilliant. show. It's brilliant. Great show. So, oh, I was going to ask. Sure. Um, what is the difference between watching a TV series from the 80s that was produced serially, like the, the weekly, you mm. know, mm. kind of schedule, and the ability to binge that mm. versus the ability to binge something you said recently it doesn't have to be about this specific show, but black as fuck. Yeah. That was meant to be binged where all of this, the whole season comes out at the same time. So what's the difference between that specifically star Trek always wants to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. And and typically the episode is, Oh, we present you with a problem. This mysterious alien being has an issue and it looks like this alien is attacking our ship. But it turns out the alien isn't attacking our ship. They're trying to protect their home world. So through the episode, you're like a detective with part of the crew. You're you're just trying to figure out, just trying to solve the mystery. That's Mm -hmm. like essentially what all the episodes are about. And it's with so they're kind of like standoff, one alone episodes. It's not yeah, it's a and it's a based on a looser scientific method of like deducing what is the issue. I definitely think like in stuff like Black as Fuck, they almost you can stay more attuned to like the petty in, the petty infights and the kind of subtext and the character development that's going on because you're binging it. So like the tension between like the two sisters in black as fuck is easy to keep up with or the tension between the dad and the mom is easy to keep up with. And those types of shows because they just continue the fight. You can just continue the fight the next episode. Whereas in something like star Trek, it would be like these characters might have their own side issue, but the main focus is on this mysterious new alien and that issue that they were having might not pop up again and in like maybe that, three or four episodes not only that the the every even the sub i'm asking a question yeah I'm yeah not, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, okay. but like even the sub stories are wrapped up like even the the conflict even on the minor scales between like completely unnecessary characters is wrapped up in that that 45 minutes but so, i'm saying i'm like it's yeah. something where like so it the might be is the writers weren't thinking about okay next week how do we tie it back to the previous episode right versus we understand this is the world and we can kind of jump. We we can look, since it's an ensemble group of characters, we can you can either between. focus on something where the ensemble, it's the ensemble against an outside force or an ensemble against the inside force versus here's a story about LeVar Burton's character, Jordan LaForge, with engineering and his issue and his issues with Finding a good match for a partner or not being able to talk to women, oh, what which happens episode. over and over and over again. Then you can have an episode about Data, where in terms of Data, it, because he's a uh, an android, he doesn't have the human faculties. So when something goes wrong systemically on the ship, he's usually the one who ends up saving the entire ship mm-hmm. because whatever happens to the rest of the crew, he doesn't experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So be, so it's... so be so because of that, I think it's that. Additionally, since seasons were much longer, um, 26 past, episodes, it was, yeah, 20, 24 on average episodes, mm-hmm. there was more time to explore different issues. So there wasn't as much of a focus on 
on every episode fitting into the major arc of the entire series. So it's not like Orange is the New Black where you have the, where like each season, one of the prisoners has their little backstory right. or whatever. It's focusing on them, right. but the prison is still, the, the story the ensemble, of everybody, the, the young symbol kind of, is yeah. still going and charting and those relationships grow and you know, change over time. Right. This is more like the old school kind of like 1940s serial movie where like these characters more or less stay the same. It's just to put into different situations each episode. Mm -hmm. Right. And their dynamic between them really isn't challenged in a way that is dynamic. Yes, but I'll, I'll add that (laughs) it is, it is challenged, but it's not that. It's not like uh, with like, there's um, not a necessity to prove it each episode that when, look how they've changed. But when when mm. I think her name is Posse on Orange and New Black, the, the black yeah. female prisoner yeah. is murdered by the, the prison guards, that fundamentally changed everything yeah. in the season. Something like that doesn't, that watershed moment doesn't happen. There are, in, there are or, moments there are like that. Yeah, there, there are, are moments exceptions. like that. There was a security officer in season oh, two. I was just going to say Picard becoming a Borg. Like... Oh yeah, that's that's. But it's it, those types of things happen to the direct main character of the series, like the main four or five. But I mean, so I guess doesn't he not become a like he stops being a Borg at some point too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he returns to normal. What I'm saying is that like in but Orange he is the New Black, the repercussions are felt throughout the rest of the series, which mm-hmm. uh, really extends right. into the standalone films and this kind of follow-up story about Picard. I see. Okay. So yeah. So again, I think out of the pro- the out of the product of the time where there was more space to develop stories, yeah. and where there wasn't a necessity to. Uh, to string together all the story arcs in such a taut way that you can have, like there's tons of throwaway episodes where the, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the kind of exploring space and stuff. It just is. There's a whole episode where the uh, chief medical officer, Beverly Crusher, she goes to a funeral of her great grandmother yes. and runs into a space ghost who yep. wants her to stay on this planet yep. to keep Curse. fucking her. For the rest Curse. of his life, because if keep yeah. fucking her, so she smashed. No, 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 no. So like the multiple generations of her family of her family have members been tied the, to this space ghost. Yeah, uh, it's been living off of their like celestial energy. Wow. And it was just like like that's one of those episodes where if you didn't watch that episode, wouldn't it change that goddamn thing about? So this? I mean, okay, but so that, but that's also wait, real quick. That's also a goddamn testament because Star Trek is fucking crazy in the way that it presents trauma. Star Trek presents like literally every episode when you join Starfleet, you just have to apparently be prepared to have traumatic. horrible traumatic experiences yeah. at any moment. And there's an onboard counselor who is, by the way, the counselor for the, the ship is a telepath. So she knows how you're feeling emotionally. Mm-hmm. She's, an emotional, she's an empath. Sorry. Emotional telepath. Um, and like, that's, that's the thing is Star Trek constantly. They're always going through trauma. They're like, fucking having near-death experiences they're going into alternate reality well they're technically they're, in quarantine yeah there literally are like that's why they go to the holodeck and they go right. yeah they go into that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish you had a holodeck Rory? Well, and they, then they go into holodeck sickness and like the mental addiction of like right. because it's not uncouth it's it's considered kind of normal in in star trek to go to the holodeck to masturbate so people are all this 
complement the ship's complement of like 270 people is going that's nasty like reg yeah they're going he'd be, he be fucking the counselor in the in the, in the holiday <laughs> but they're also like fucking scans of each other right like they don't have to date this person they can they go can to this a holodeck and vr like porn create, and create that's a nasty. VR that's nasty. And, but this is Way these nasty. are questions they're raising in the 90s though they're yeah. like what if you could get addicted to a fantasy digitally produced of your best friend inception and you fucking mm-hmm. well i mean the uh black mirror yeah yeah, yeah. so uh is, is it more it's not even like cowboy bebop Maybe a season. Yeah, no, it's like Cowboy Bebop. But but like so, Cowboy Bebop has, which is a great show. Amazing. Um, there's four episodes that you need to watch, and in those four episodes, that's the entire story. The other twenty two episodes filler. or somewhere's about filler are not even filler because it's not even like they don't connect like at all. Because mm-hmm. it's not because filler is like you have the season with the major villain and you wrap that up and then the manga isn't out yet for the next one so like you create some little side story to hold you over until you can go into production like it's a contained thing like wow. it's it's Rory, about I'm just gonna say this this deduction you have on filler in anime is something I can confidently say I agree with you 100% on. I was wrong. You are right. This is the correct deduction of anime and, and the concept of filler I'm, Well, I'm, I'm very rarely wrong. No, yeah, no. But it's about like more or less hanging out with all the characters, right? So like by the end of it, even though there's only been four real story episodes, two hours of story, it's like when the shit hits the fan, you're like, oh, this is so fucking devastating. You know, when Ed leaves and you're just like, Ed. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. But there's still like an arc. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Cowboy Bebop is only, Cowboy Bebop is only one season and Star Trek is like six? Seven. Seven. So like, does each season have an arc? Like an overarching arc, like with the Borg um, thing? Or did you just random shit happens and you might have like a no, double the episode? the Borg is an overarching, the Borg through all the, through all the series almost except for well at least through two of the series the borg is an overarching like theme um with uh deep space nine there's the dominion which is a whole thing so so there are so like there there might be an arc that might cover the story but it's more or less about hanging out with the crew yeah okay i see there's still there's there's still like the pretty much in every single star trek they're always actually focused around this idea of slavery uh, justified or just injustices towards a community justified by a different culture that we can't interject with. And that's, that's so it's that's like the, um, the cultural thing. relativism or whatever yeah. the debate is about. Yeah. It's like you can't do this because you can't yeah. say that we're bad people because it's our culture. Yeah. Like or whatever that stupid conservative in line Deep Space is. Nine, the Bajorans were held captive and in like a basic like hostage situation for their resources by the Cardassians and but colonialism. Yeah. It's in the Federation plays a mediator and just doesn't get involved. It's the same it's the, that kind of it's that oh uh, it's at, at is it kind of apathy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it's the UN. It's like well, the UN's yeah, a little bit it's more really active. evolved yeah. galactic apathy. <laughs> okay. Um, um but yeah. yeah, Star Trek is dope. Watch it or don't. It doesn't matter. This is gonna go on forever. Um I had a quick question though. Um in fact, 
I don't have a question. I'm just going to tell you what I've been up to. I have been avoiding all sorts of side projects and work like a motherfucker. Mm. And I think it's because I am sick of being stuck inside, but I don't want to admit it. And behind a computer because you work on a computer all day. Right. So to double up and do the computer stuff more is uh, triggering a terrible time in my life which is all the time where I take on eight projects and Rory's looking at me because he always tells me, why are you adding another project? Since day Just one. Just say no. Since Just day don't one. don't add more projects. And what do I do? I say, you're right. And then I take the project anyway. So I think I've just been overloaded. But uh, last week, I did finally start to sync a short film of a former uh, classmate of mine. And it wasn't as hard as I thought. But it's an uphill battle to just get back into the rhythm of syncing a a video project before I start editing. Mm. Um, So that's the big thing I'm trying to do right now, which is just to get prepared to, you know, assistant edit my own project I need to edit and then uh, move forward from there. So, Rory, what are you working on? I think the Sundance Labs are now open to submit to and they're closing the 4th of June, that's the next month, right? The 4th of June. And I think it kind of lit a fire into my ass. I don't think I'm going to be ready by June because, you know, mental health issues and quarantine and shit. <laughs> but um, who knows? Um, but I have actually been writing. Hey, that's dope, man. Hey. No, really. No, for, for, all, for, for, our, you know, for our screenwriting Please episode clap. and our general um, disinterest clap. in writing, um, that's and, really dope. And it's it's really interesting how, like, because I, I work better under deadlines, so if I have a deadline, it'll get done. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a deadline, you probably won't ever see anything. But, um, so I'm, I'm trying to, even if I don't submit on June 4th, um, I'm definitely using that as like motivation and you know I kind of stopped writing as we talked about like a couple of episodes ago but you know what I was writing it wasn't slapping you know what I mean (laughs) and you know how I am like this shit has to be good I'm not going to embarrass myself like I I will not succeed in mediocrity I it's going to be excellent and I, the beginning just wasn't hitting. And so I finally figured out a way to streamline it so that, you know, the shit, you know, you can Hits. smell the shit. Yeah. It stank. You it's know, like with your chest. you're looking for the shit, step yeah. in this. <laughs> you know, shout out to T-Pain. <coughs> you know, uh, I mean, so, hey. and then I was stuck. So I fixed the beginning and then I was stuck on how to transition from this scene to the next scene, like mm. visually and, and kind of thematically. And I figured it out. And so that's the last thing that I wrote. So we can move forward now. I've been stuck on, I've been stuck there for a long time. And now. So you're stuck. You ain't stuck. I'm unstuck. You ain't stuck. I am unstuck. All right. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Jarrell? Oh, right. So, I mean, uh, for me, I have, my shit's always, my shit's just not in any capacity film related, but been making a lot of music with the old roomie, uh, Mario Venegas, AKA Raj Baskar, for those that know him in the East. Um, and other than that, working on some like hacker collective shit, not going to get into it. 
Uh, and can then, you please hack Sally Mae? Get somebody from Anonymous to hack Sally Mae and just hit Control Alt Delete. Dear or some shit. Anonymous, like <laughs> cut the shit. Nobody wants to pay you. Bitch. The world is ending. Like, delete it. Delete uh, the stock market. Delete yo, medical debt. Just everything. I've also been like, in, I've also been like uh, doing like job interviews and stuff for you know. I work in internet merging tech nonsense so i've been doing job interviews and it's been kind of crazy because the one theme i have been seeing for people that have been hitting me up just you know people word of mouth hey i have this position that i think you'd be good for um have all been coming from countries where people have their shit together when it comes to coronavirus vietnam so i've had the majority of interviews and stuff i've had have been from people in south korea and people in uh germany and Germany has it under control. Germany's got enough of their shit together, and like internet companies are not super remote working. Internet companies are not super hit, so um, you know, been fucking around endorsing the idea of w- working at a new job. And other than that, uh, you know, playing a lot of Ticket to Ride, building my trains. You got a ticket to ride. Yeah. That's a Beatles song, isn't it? Wow, just sang it. <laughs> that is a Beatles song. I know more about the Beatles than I thought. Mm. You sang the hook. Like that. He knows one thing about the Beatles, and he's like, I know more. <laughs> I know more than I thought. Honestly, we're all surprised. <laughs> Listen, I fucking hate the Beatles. I will never forget the Quincy Jones interview where he said, those boys don't know how to play music. They're the worst musicians in the world. Ringo Starr, I forgot, I don't know what their songs are called. Because yeah, of Ringo, yeah. And Ringo Starr couldn't hit this little drum beat or whatever he plays. And so I got so frustrated, I said, let's take a break. So Ringo Starr comes out and I get my black homie off the street, mm-hmm. some like mm-hmm. jazz drum or some shit. And we just record the song without them. And then they come back from break and then we play it back. And Ringo's like, oh yeah, that sounds good. And I said, that's not you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Iconic. What, what, that that Quincy, Quincy Jones interview. Off, I was like, was oh, he's amazing. about to die. Like, when he popped off, I was like, oh, this man's about to die. Didn't he, he date Ivanka Trump too, or some he did. shit? He said, like, nice legs. What the fuck? That, that's yes. all he had to say. Nice legs. Yes. And on that note, just to end us off in a in a you know succinct way, um, my parents, my adopted parents, are so white. Their wedding song is not a Beatles song, but a Ringo Starr specific solo career song that is crazy the only i think successful <laughs> temmie's face, face. Temmie's take a photo because that's gonna be the cover <laughs> what happened the only successful beetle who who made it without um without the band i think is george harrison and that's because george harrison has a song that martin scorsese used in goodfellas and I don't remember the title of that song, and I don't remember the title of the album that it came off of, but that's the only non-Beatles Beatles song that I know. Good Life. It's called Good Life. <laughs> Probably when Henry Hill was doing cocaine in Goodfellas, but then again, when wasn't Henry Hill doing cocaine in Goodfellas? I like that we're just like riffing off of the Beatles at this point because I have so much shit to say. Um, Rocky Raccoon makes no sense as like a, a who the a, fuck is Rocket Raccoon? Somewhere in the back hills of North Dakota, there was a young boy named Rocket Raccoon. Raccoon. Yeah. One what day he's moving around with another man. 
Yeah, I used to love that song. Yeah, I can't remember the lyrics at this point, but yeah, that was the Beatles hitting some weird form of folk Americana. They're like, we went to West Virginia and we realized. Americans are fucking ass backwards. We should talk. They would, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Teeth. They wouldn't have any of their music without back swamp woods blues or folk music. Is that in West Virginia? Incestuous music. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Rolling Stones, but the Rolling Stones are actually talented. The Rolling Stones are talented. Hey. Um, I mean, literally on a train platform, which is very very important if you're a blues fan um mick jagger had a robert johnson cover and or a robert johnson lp uh and keith richards had a muddy waters lp and they said oh you listen to good music let's make music yeah. together and if you know um robert johnson you know how important trains are very important. I know a lot about the Rolling Stones, and people are really surprised that I know a lot about the Rolling Stones. It's just, it's just mostly because it's like one of those things where you'd be like, ah, these white, what have white men. Cultural appropriators. These dumb white yep. men. With okay, this. let me ask Their you bassist, Bill Wyman, is let me a, ask you is a question. How was the riff, How was the riff for Can't Get No Satisfaction written? What was the inspiration? I don't fucking know. Pussy. Well, uh, that was our episode. Um, Make sure to like and subscribe on the platforms of podcasting. You can find us at Niggas Eaton on Instagram and Eaton Niggas on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at ItZebra11 and ItZebra on Twitter. Where can we find you, Rory? You can find me at Rim underscore Blues on Twitter and Rim Blues on Instagram. And if you find me on Instagram, you Saw Double Rainbow or some shit, because that's just rare to see well. me on Instagram. You can find me at no name James uh, underscore on Instagram, aka Mr. Dot Sniff Dot Yo Girl on Instagram as well. That's just my dog. Um, Work. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>